On the back of your bulletin, I included a few of our verses for today. This is the second week of a three-part series that I'm titling Exponential. Last week, we started by talking about that little seed of faith and that when we have this little thing, it doesn't seem like very much, but when it's planted in faith, God can do anything. Far more than we could ever hope or imagine or believe, especially if we're relying on our own thoughts and ideas. God can take what seems even dead and bring it to life. And it's a strong word of hope for us. So that was last week. This week we're talking about a different phrase. Most of you have heard the phrase before, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. You've heard that phrase. Unfortunately, I'm sure some of you have experienced that. Or you're in the right place, but it's at the wrong time. Or you're in the wrong place at the... Anyway, those misaligned moments in our life can seem to be part of human life. Rarely does everything kind of line up just perfectly at the right place at the right time. And the thing is that we can't always know when those times will happen. None of us know the future, let alone what's going to happen this afternoon. We're not in control. Things can go spectacularly wrong, even if you planned perfectly, or it can go spectacularly right. When something comes that can alter history or even a little bit closer to home, a moment that can change the trajectory of your life, we want to be seeking those moments out. Dorothy Fletcher was a 67-year-old grandmother, and she was on her way flying to her daughter's wedding in Florida when suddenly she suffered a heart attack on the plane. And on that plane, as you would imagine it would be for most flights, the call goes out over the radio to the plane. Is there a doctor on board? On that plane, in that moment, guess what? Fifteen people stood up. Who could know that they were all specialists? Cardiologists on their way to a conference in Florida focused on heart disease. Dorothy miraculously survived at 30,000 feet. It would probably be a miracle if she didn't survive because we have 15 heart doctors on that plane. Afterwards, this is what she said. The doctors were wonderful. They saved my life. I was in a very bad way, and they all rushed to help. I wish I could thank them, but I have no idea who they are, who they were. Talk about being in the right place at the right time. The Bible actually addresses this phenomenon. There's several verses, but I want to focus on one verse this morning, and then a couple of Ecclesiastes 9.11 says this. I have observed something else under the sun. 
The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. And the strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry. And the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. Those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It is all decided by chance, by being in the right place at the right time. This is the New Living Translation. Those of you that are using the NIV, the New International Version, it says, but time and chance happen to them all, or us all. You can have everything planned out perfectly, and things may work out spectacularly or not. None of us know exactly what God has willed in any situation or at any time. We will not always be the fastest or the strongest or the wisest or most educated. That should be a relief to most of us. But it also says that there is a chance for a good outcome in spite or even because of some of those things. And when it comes to the things that matter most to God, we have actually more than a chance. Because God is not only the author of all, he can actually place us in those right places, those right time moments. You might be thinking, that doesn't really happen for me, for my life. And maybe that's true. But I would argue that they probably do and have happened. It may be that we aren't looking for them. It may be that we do not have the eyes to see or recognize the right place, right time moments that God is presenting to us or in front of us. One of the ways that we can actually discover this is by looking for where God is already working and what God is doing. Where is God working in his world? What is God doing? See, we like to focus on the negatives. We wish things were different. The word, the Bible pushes us to say the opposite. Where is God at work? Where do we see him? Not just in his world, but in our communities, in our lives, and yes, even in each one of us. In John 5, Jesus is talking to the religious leaders who are harassing him for breaking the religious regulations and working on the Sabbath, the day that nobody was supposed to work, at least according to their thinking. This is what Jesus said. Jesus replied, my father is always working. And so am I. You see, God doesn't take time off. You and me, we need to. We should. You have your vacation time, please use it. God doesn't need it. He's always at work. And Jesus says, so am I. It must be an important part. A couple of verses later, Jesus actually continues saying, I tell you the truth. The Son can do nothing by himself. He only does what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son does also. The question for us then 
is can we see what the Father is doing? Are our eyes open to see where God is already at work? Can you see it in the world? Can you see it in your neighborhood? Can you see it in your annoying neighbor? Can you see it in your family? Or in your home? Can you see it in you? Because of the truth of Scripture, when we begin to see where God is working, and moving, and blessing, then my friends, that's exactly where you need to be. I would throw that question out to you. Where do you see God at work? And whatever your answer is to that, that is where you need to be. That is where we need to be. Even if it's hard, or uncertain, or uncomfortable, that's when you're in the right place. Now, the Bible shares so many different examples of this. I'm just going to share two brief ones this morning. In the, one from the New Testament, one from the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Acts chapter 8. Acts is an interesting book. After Jesus returned to heaven, leaving his closest disciples on earth to carry out his mission, they experienced a lot of pain and heartache and persecution, real persecution, not made up persecution like people think today, real persecution where people were hunting them down. And so they were scattered out all over the earth, starting in Jerusalem and then going outwards to the ends of the earth. One of those disciples, Philip, was placed in a right place, right time, moment. Let me read just a few verses. Acts chapter 8, 26-31. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south, down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza, the very road that no one can go down right now, because it's all torn so he started out, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia. That's a seemingly random encounter. The eunuch of great authority under the candidate, the queen of Ethiopia. Now the eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. And the Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, How can I? Unless someone instructs me. And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The right place at the right time. This is a hard moment because up to this point, the disciples have been experiencing all that pain and heartache, wondering, is this what Jesus meant? 
Is this what we're supposed to experience? Is he actually, are we actually going to be used or useful for the Lord? And then this moment happens. I would encourage you to read the rest of the chapter if you want the conclusion of that story. So back to the Old Testament. In the Old Testament book of Esther, it tells the story of the near destruction of the Jewish people. And the young Jewish woman named Esther, amazingly, through an almost improbable set of circumstances, becomes queen. But she keeps her background and nationality as a Jewish woman secret. And a wicked man becomes advisor to the king of Persia, and he plots the extermination of all of the Jewish people who were living in, in exile in that empire. And when his plot is discovered, and the queen's cousin finds out, the queen's cousin goes to her and secretly appeals, makes this appeal, saying this in chapter 4, don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will not. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. That's that phrase that many of you have heard before for such a time as this. Not only in the right place and the right time, but now, in this case, she's presented with a choice to risk her life by asking the king to save her people. You see, God had waited for just the right moment. His people had been in exile for a long time. They were probably wondering, how long, O oh Lord? Some of you have said that before in your life, or you're saying it right now. But God waited for just the right moment when a response was important for the very survival of his people still living in the empire. In that moment, I don't know if Esther knew why it was going down this way. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. But hearing this, truth spoken to her from her cousin certainly opened her eyes. You see, God's plan isn't only about being in the right place at the right time. Plenty of people have been in the right place at the right time. It also means making a right response. Having the courage and will to act in the moment. Right place, right time, and with a right response. There's plenty of people that have been in the right place at the right time. You think of your most favorite sports person. All the circumstances have come together for them to have a wonderful, amazing career. I was watching a highlight last night of Kobe Bryant's first All-Star game when he was going up against Jordan. Michael Jordan. And Jordan still schooled him on what it meant to be there's also plenty of players who had that same level but never made it to their potential. For whatever reason, their set of responses didn't come together. We don't know their names at all. And that's true across so many different fields 
in so many different places. Lots of people have potential and are given the, the right skills or learn the right skills, but it still requires us to make that kind of response. Having the courage and will to act in the moment. We know that God cares deeply for all people. And he's concerned about all the details of your life and my life, and he has not abandoned any of us. So if God is always at work in the world, and he's ready to work with you to carry out his will and purpose, then what right place, right time moments might he be preparing for you right now for just such a time? As this. Sometimes it is for that moment when we, maybe we're the only person, like those doctors on that plane, who are in a position to make a real difference. Other times it might be a little more nebulous. And maybe you've already had these types of moments in your life where the choice to act will determine the next part of the story. Maybe something's right on the corner. God is sovereign of all. And there will be times when you are presented with situations and moments that require a right response. That's why it's so important to be in the world. How do we know what the right response is if we're not regularly seeking what that looks like? Sometimes we're simply called to trust God. Respond in the way that seems best. See, I can tie myself up in knots like wondering, oh God, is this the right way to go about it? Uh, I'm not sure. Sometimes we just have to jump. Sometimes we just have to step forward and do what seems best. It might be right. It may be God's Spirit leading you for such a time as this. That's why we pray to God for wisdom. Vision and the courage to have. Put a couple of questions on the back of your bulletin. What is God inviting you to see or do? Where is God moving? Where do you see God moving? Where is He at work already? You know why this, these are important questions? Because you don't have to start something to be a part of something. Some of you like to be a part of things, but you are totally freaked out by starting something. The good news is you don't have to start it to be a part of something. Maybe there's something out there for you right now. Start by looking for where God is at work. Join Him there. Who knows? That might be that seed of faith we talked about last week. That as you take that step forward, God is planting and watering. Intending, and the growth that comes from that will be unimaginable in the explanation. That, my friends, is exactly where you want to be. May God give you eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to respond. Amen. Let's pray. God, we want to be in the center of your will. We want to be in the right place at the right time. Will your spirit help us to make the right response that is required in that moment? We know that when we do, you can take what we offer, whatever we offer in faith, 
you can multiply it exponentially beyond our wildest dreams or imagination in ways that can blow our mind, bringing life where there was none before, hope where there was only hopelessness. God, that is what we want to live on. I pray that for each person here, you will open their eyes to see what you are presenting to them and around them. May we run to where you are already at. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this moment, this time of worship that we've been able to share together. We bless your people and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As you prepare to go, receive these words from Scripture. From Ephesians 3. Now to him who by the power of work within us is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever, forever and ever. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. I pray you. I pray you again.